You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I forget about the bracket to start things off, even though the problem Friday's just won and uh, I'm off to a nice start. So that's good. I mean, we're only two for two, so let's not go crazy. Probably got to lose Boise State. They're getting crushed uh, in the 8-9 game. More importantly, we begin the Thursday Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 from all over the state of Florida here in the uh, southwest corner. Looking at the Gulf of Mexico once again. That's me, Brent Martineau. Austin Lane, Casey Kurtz in the Action Sports Shack studios. If they got in the building, I'm not even sure of this yet. Well, I kind of am sure Casey got in, but I'm not sure about Austin. Give us an update. The Goose, the Gator, you guys. Yeah, Gator's nowhere to be seen, unfortunately, and it's a beautiful day. So if he wants to make an appearance, that would just be the tops. And the Goose, I mean, we've been over this. The Goose is not an issue anymore. Goose isn't an issue for anybody? Not an issue for me. I don't know. Casey, was the issue for you? I don't know. I park at, like, Wawa and walk. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. Yeah. Never know what else you can encounter on your walk. Yeah, for sure. But Uh, no, the, the, the Goose has been fine with me, so we're all good there. All right, so it looks like the Goose, which started this week, by the way, if you're just jumping in, the Goose attacked several of our coworkers and people uh, entering the building as uh, the big daddy Goose was protecting the eggs. Well, now we don't know what has transpired, uh, and a new animal has surfaced in the last day, and that is like an eight-foot gator. Mm-hmm. Has anybody confirmed how big the gator is? No, I was talking to some, like, uh, about the construction workers that work, like, not like in the same parking lot, but like across from us because I was out there today trying to find the gator. And they said, hey, are you trying to look for that gator? I'm like, yeah. And I guess he was out there like yesterday, like around noon. And they were saying how he was at least seven, eight feet to, uh, long. So yeah, that's another I would thing. say at a minimum, man. I mean, yeah. I think that's at least an eight-foot gator. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. Well, I was expecting a little bit more, but we've got three hours to maybe. I mean, last yesterday, you guys got out of your chair a couple of times, left the studio once or twice. Play-by-play, the gator ki- still could happen. No, I mean, heaven forbid, because, like, obviously we got the NCAA tournament going on right now, so that's taking some of my attention. If the Gator makes an appearance, I mean, I don't know how good I'm going to be on the show today, so I'm just going to apologize in advance. But I'm going to try my best to focus, man. But my attention span can only take so much. Yeah, I hear you. Um, mine, too. Uh, speaking of the NCAA tournament, off and running, the Providence Friars hung on. Good defensive effort against those South Dakota State Jackrabbits, who average 87 a game, only scored 57. Uh, Friars, man, they were in control. I thought they were, they were trying to give it away a couple of times. But uh, got win number one, a good win by Michigan. Comeback fashion. Do you see that's like the biggest comeback win in the NCAA tournament in any game in like four or five years? Really? Yeah. We are surprised by that, too. It was like a 14-point deficit in the first half for Michigan. And uh, they came back and beat Colorado State. And by the way, Colorado State, Michigan. You would think Michigan's the the, the higher seed, if you will, right? No, Michigan State, uh, Colorado State's the six. Michigan the eleven mm-hmm. in that matchup, and Michigan able to really have a good strong half, uh, second half, and uh, get the win 
there. So uh, we are off and running the NCAA tournament. Brackets are in. Bracket challenge underway on ESPN690.com as well. And uh, this is a fun day, man. Uh, a lot of people would say one of the best days uh, and two-day periods of the calendar year in sports. Oh, it's what I always look forward to, man. I mean, I've told this story before, but even, like, when I was in grade school and stuff, um, like, our, our teachers took it super seriously, and we got out of classes to watch. Like, they were bringing the, the TV, and we got to watch the tournament. So um, it, it's always been a big deal in my life, and I'm excited to literally spend these next couple of days doing absolutely nothing but watch some college basketball. Uh, we also have some big news potentially to watch around the NFL. Where is Deshaun Watson going to end up? Tom Pelissero just reporting, according to Judy Batista on the uh, Twitter, that uh, a Watson decision is expected today. And it looks like he's choosing between the Falcons and the Saints. Does that sound right to you? I guess the Panthers could still be in play, but the Browns are no longer in play. Yeah, it sounds about right. And Kyle Pitts is kind of spilling the beans a little bit with some of his tweets, but now they got deleted. But he was saying how things are going to be crazy there in Atlanta. So I don't know if Kyle Pitts knows something that we don't right now. But um, definitely going to be the biggest NFL story of the day is, is where Deshaun Watson's going to end up. Where would you go if you were Deshaun Watson? Um, out of anywhere? No, or, uh, well, or, uh, now that he's narrowed this down. Yeah, okay, now that we so, know that this is kind of where he's leaning. So between Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta? Yeah, but I even, I'm not even sure. I think Carolina feels like they're out of it, too. Okay, so just between New Orleans and Atlanta? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think New Orleans is still in win-now mode compared to Atlanta. So, like, if I'm trying to get a Super Bowl, I would probably choose New Orleans then. Yeah, I don't know. I, but selfishly, I, I, like I want to see him go to Atlanta. Is that because of the pits? Uh, just Can yeah, I, just just because of just like the just the overall. I think just the sway. I think like the city of Atlanta would fit him well. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I think he's going to go to Atlanta. Okay. I think uh, I think teaming up with Pitts. I think they've got a little more flexibility with their roster once they do figure out whatever they're going to figure out uh, with Matt Ryan, who I guess is due even another big chunk of money coming up later this week. I think Saints are are interesting to me. I I don't. They're kind of stuck in a weird place. They still have a lot of people on the books. They're getting a little older in spots. I don't know if they can clear the deck for him and build to make him a winner. You know, they can get him, but are they just getting him or are they getting him to be super competitive? And I mm -hmm. don't know if that's the case if you look all the way down the road with them. Now, I do like him and Kamara hooking up, but we don't even know the Kamara situation uh, at the moment. Uh, they're, they're definitely more sound on the defensive side of the football uh, in New Orleans. I guess Mike Thomas could then reemerge as a guy, but we've, he's just been so quiet lately. Uh, Austin, that, that I don't, Mike Thomas factoring in, I don't know where he does fit as a $20 million wide receiver uh, in the NFL. I do like the idea of, of Atlanta, kind of what you're saying, a little bit of swag in Atlanta near his hometown or in his home state, and then him and Kyle Pitts and kind of resetting that whole franchise. Uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, to me, though, if I want to win, then I'm going to the Saints. I mean, the, the Saints went 9-8 and eight last year, had a winning record, and essentially didn't even have a quarterback and didn't have their star receiver in Michael Thomas. So if, if we're talking about, you know, just how much success the Saints had, essentially not with a lot, you know, I mean, obviously a solid defense like they have year in and year out. And I'm not sure if Alvin Kamara even played the entire season. I thought he might have been out a couple games due to injury as well. So, and it wasn't his best year regardless. So I, I look at the Saints, and it's like, all right, if you can do that much and have a winning record with 
literally just a bunch of no-name quarterbacks with all due respect to Taysom Hill, but that's kind of what you are. Um, imagine what they can do with, with like a, a certified legit quarterback. So, I mean, if I was Deshaun Watson, I would probably lean towards the Saints because if we've seen time and time again, yeah, they might be close to the salary cap, but there's always ways around that. I think, you know, the Falcons are definitely going to be a surging team, too, in the, in the next couple of years. But I think just the Saints right now on paper are more talented. Well, I'd say the one hiccup, the one caveat here for me is what's your comfortability level with a guy like Dennis Allen in New Orleans and even Arthur Smith in Atlanta uh, to that degree. You know, what they did last year, what they got out of that football team last year, being 9-8, and eight, they did it with really a guy who's been one of the better coaches in the NFL in Sean Payton. Now they go through that adjustment and uh, that transition time. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I think, honestly, I feel like Carolina would have been it might be situated the best out of anybody else in there. It's amazing that they're all in the NFC South, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, what a what a huge day in the NFC South to see where he goes. I mean, yeah, essentially, absolutely. if you want to put Carolina back in, Deshaun Watson's basically picking one of the teams in the NFC South to go to to rival the Tampa Bay Bucks. I mean, pretty fascinating in that regard. No, absolutely. They're they're, they're trying to be like the you know the, the AFC whatever it is the AFC West out there with uh, with that loaded quarterback class. Well, it, they are, but they can't. You know what I mean? Donnie. Like whoever, like the thing about it is, whoever he goes to, the other two might be, eh. Yeah. You know, depending on how you feel about Matt Ryan, if he, he's the quarterback in Atlanta, okay. Carolina, Carolina's looking at a huge, like, whoa. We've had these chances and opportunities, and almost got to Sean Watson, and now we're left with um, Sam Darnold. Is he still the guy, Casey? Is your guy still the guy? Hopefully. You know what they say, a fourth chance is just as good as a first or second or third. So. <laughs> I mean, I think one would assume that if Carolina misses out on Watson, then they're going to the draft, right? I would think so. Like a Malik Willis or whoever is, you know, I mean, whoever falls to him, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Move up to number one? Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we'll see what happens to Sean Watson. And, and Cleveland was out of the running. So Baker Mayfield becomes an interesting situation too. Uh, listen, I don't feel bad for Baker Mayfield. If you have a chance to go upgrade your roster, go upgrade your roster. I don't know what the communication was like between Baker and the um, Browns and, and them exploring, although I think I did read something that earlier in this calendar year they said, hey, if we can go get one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, if it makes sense, we might do that. Otherwise, we're good with Baker. And that's just reality of the situation, man. I mean, that's that's sports. That's the NFL. That's As long as you're communicating, I'm okay with it. Now we'll see how Baker responds to it. I think there's a lot of curiosity about all this. How will Baker respond to it? Well, here's the deal. He better respond well to it because he's, he's essentially playing for this coming year, might be playing for the next three, four, five years of his NFL life. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a prove-it season from him, you know, and obviously – Due to his tweeting, it looks like he's kind of, you know, in a bad spot already. So it's got to be on him to kind of regroup, rebound here and have a good year. Yeah. So um, interesting stuff coming out of the rest of the NFL. Keep an eye on Deshaun Watson. That will be the story of the day once that happens. And it can alter things, obviously, in a big time way uh, in the NFC South, along with Tom Brady coming back. Uh, Really wild quarterback news coming out of uh, that division alone. And uh, really this entire offseason so far. Speaking of the offseason, the Jaguars uh, free agents introduced today. It's still, I think, even going on. Um, Anything catching your eye? Obviously, it's just kind of fresh uh, in the last uh, hour, hour and 15 minutes or so. Uh, I'll give you one thought on mine. Evan Ingram looks like he came to Jacksonville because of Doug Peterson and his success with the tight end position, Austin. Smart move maybe on his part. No, I mean, he knows exactly what's at stake here for Evan Ingram, you know, and I think 
Doug Peterson being the tight end coach that he is, you know, in terms of using it, um, I think it was a very smart decision for Evan Ingram. You know, I mean, he's going to get a new clean slate. He's got Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, we'll see what kind of quarterback he turns out to be. But there's a lot to like right now if you're a tight end um, on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, not only that, Austin, I think the top, so the Pied Piper a, a bit in some respects is, is, is Doug Peterson. He's able to, the Super Bowl championship, there was a lot of that commentary coming out of there today at Jags headquarters as well. But there's a lot of believers now from those wide receivers, Christian Kirk and Ingram uh, and also Zay Jones in number 16. And uh, they must see it on tape. They must really believe them, uh, believe it. But there's a lot of Trevor love coming out of that building today from these newcomers. Uh, there's a lot of buy-in on Trevor Lawrence. I, I always like that a lot because I think how, uh, you know, fellow players look at other players is, is a great indicator. And it seems to me that, sure, money wins the day. Let's not mistake this, all right? Money wins the day all the time or 99% of the time. But. I think there's also a lot of confidence coming to Jacksonville with Doug Peterson, the Super Bowl championship, and also the guy that's throwing the football to him now wearing the Jacksonville Jaguars uniform. Well, no, I mean, if, if you're a wide receiver, if you're a tight end, a skill position guy, you want to play with a great quarterback. So I'm not surprised about the praise coming right now from, you know, from these receivers and, and tight end in terms of Trevor Lawrence. Because if Trevor Lawrence does well, then these, these guys do well. You know, you talk about Evan Ingram being kind of a make it or, you know, prove it kind of year here. I mean, he needs Trevor Lawrence to have a good season. So, obviously, you have to buy into the general at hand, and that is Trevor Lawrence. So, yeah, I mean, I love the optimism from these players. Um, they seem to support Trevor, which is what you expect. And now hopefully Trevor can capitalize on that, and this team can make some upgrades and look a lot better on the field than what we saw last year. Yeah, well, hopefully they can help make him better, right? Uh, hopefully make uh, Trevor Lawrence even look better from uh, a drop standpoint and just making plays standpoint and big plays uh, standpoint. That would be very nice um, along the way. Uh, interesting enough, uh, former Jags guard Andrew Norwell, uh, who was here for a few years, and, and you know what, I think did a nice job here in Jacksonville. I, I think he got overly criticized at times. Uh, he didn't play at the all-pro level all the time, but he also played pretty well a lot of the time. Uh, he goes to Washington, so essentially Scherf and Norwell switch spots yeah. <laughs> and essentially a trade. I mean, did we get the upgrade here in Jacksonville? Did we win yeah, that trade? I mean, absolutely. In terms of the resume, as long as Scherf can stay healthy, the, the, the Jaguars definitely won that one, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, that um, – do you think there – would there any any chance they could have kept both? Um, I mean, obviously free – well – yeah. Let me be clear. He's a free agent, right, Norwell? So you got to do a bigger deal. And maybe they didn't want to do that. It's not like they just cut ties with him and released him kind of like they did with Miles Jack, mm -hmm. you know, to get out from underneath the contract. Or potentially they could still do with a guy like Brandon Lender. But it's just interesting to me. I, I say that I bring this up a lot that in this football team, I think has to be very careful. I think you want them to add talent, but you also have to be careful at the times while they're doing that to open up holes on a football team that already had many holes over these last couple of years. Uh, but the business does get in the way of that sometimes. And they obviously feel like, I think, Ben Barch can play that left guard spot or some combination of Barch, Will Richardson, or even a Tyler Shatley and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, I think Norwell is just kind of a casualty in terms of, uh, of what you had at hand here. And what you had was you had to bring in a lot of new players because the roster that you had just wasn't cutting it, you know, and, and going 3-14 and 14 indicates that. So uh, I'm not sure what, what Norwell got here um, in Washington. I'm sure that will come out later if it hasn't come out already. 
But uh, I do like the fact they got Sheriff as long as he can stay healthy. And that's just the way it is. You know, when you have a a bad team or you have two years of back-to-back bad performances of a bad team, that turnover is going to be, you know, it's going to be the real deal, or at least it should be, or else what are you doing? So I understand that you don't want to leave too many holes because you have to fill those holes eventually. But at the same time, I mean, sacrifices have to be made to try to get better talent on this team. Uh, we will see uh, how much all this moving around and shaking around uh, does for the Jacksonville Jaguars as the new free agents get introduced. By the way, Darius Williams, the hometown kid, who I think that's just a cool story uh, for Darius Williams, the amount of money he got paid. And uh, he will be in town tomorrow. He didn't make it in uh, for today's introductions. Uh, you know, w- one thing did strike me, and I know these are different circumstances, Austin, but sometimes we talk, or we talk a lot about the perception of the Jacksonville Jaguars organization. And I, I just think it's kind of interesting that, yeah, he's a hometown kid. He went to Creekside High School, so there there's some things that make sense. Uh, the reports when Darius Williams was uh, signed is that he had bigger dollars elsewhere. Sure. And he kind of, I think even Trent Bulky indicated that as well, that uh, it took a while to negotiate that one and kind of he wanted to come back home type of thing uh, yesterday when he met with the local media. But from a perception standpoint, they might have got a hometown discount on a kid that actually had just spent the last couple of years with Jalen Ramsey, who didn't like it in Jacksonville (laughs) and wanted out. So I found that it was just a really interesting piece in all this. I get the hometown plays a part, but usually guys don't take less money. And, And this was like, it sounds like this was a bit of a hometown discount. And it may go to show you also that we put a little bit too much emphasis at times on the perception of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It hasn't been great. It's never going to be the last few years listed as one of the top five culture organizations out there in the NFL. But maybe to the player, it doesn't always weigh the most heavy uh, on their mind either. I mean, I think sometimes it can and sometimes it doesn't. You know, I think with Amari Cooper, it very well might have. I think with Darius Williams, like... Listen, a lot of these guys in the league, it is their primary objective, most all of them, it's their primary objective to win a Super Bowl. Money's up there as well, but you win a Super Bowl, um, and and that changes your life, you know? And and, and that's like the ultimate goal at the end of the day. If you take a look at Darius Williams, what he's been able to accomplish, he's done it. He was a starting corner on a Super Bowl team. Um, He he has a ring, or he will eventually get a ring whenever they, they release those, but he's got a ring. So, like, once you reach that mountaintop, yeah, it's fun to try to do it again. But once you reach that mountaintop, it's almost like I feel like you can probably, like, exhale a little bit and say, okay, that goal's been checked out. Now what do I want to do? And, you know, a guy who went to Creekside who's, who's from Jacksonville, um, I think once you win that Lombardi, you know, and you want to come back home, yeah, I, I'm not surprised that maybe, he, you know, he took a, a hometown discount because so some players that means a lot to. Now, some players want to get away and um, they don't care about going back home. But I, I think some players who grew up in this city, that does mean something to them. So I think this was in terms of just the perfect timing where he's coming off of winning a Super Bowl. He does take a discount and now he gets to play for the hometown team. Like it just it couldn't work any better for the Jaguars. Yeah, it really couldn't. I think it's a big win for the Jags in that respect and good for Darius Williams. I love the story. And I'll tell you this, you know, my kids go to Creekside. I've heard of Darius Williams. When Darius Williams was playing football around here, when we were covering high school football, like he wasn't a name that we all talked about. Like this story kind of came out of nowhere over the last few years, especially a couple years ago when he started getting all those interceptions with, with L.A. 
And so this isn't like a guy that's like home growth, like the Derrick Henry or Tim Tebow's or that kind of guy coming home. And so I, th I find that fascinating, too. It's like uh, it, he, he just kind of is an under-the-radar kid that's from the area and now is gonna, wants to play in his hometown uh, for his hometown team. I think that's uh, a really neat story for Darius Williams. Look forward to catching up with him and seeing what he can bring to the table. By the way, Jags did uh, uh, add keep some of their depth. You know, yesterday it was um, Will Richardson, and today it's Trey Herndon that they keep. So all of a sudden now you start looking, you're like, all right, four cornerbacks that can that have played a bunch, have a lot of uh, either upside or experience, and there's an investment there on the Jags. But it makes me think about the draft. Like, where are they going? Like, where are their biggest holes in the draft now after this free agency period? And they may still add a player or two, but we would think from a splash standpoint they are about done. Uh, let's take a break. We come back. We talk a little bit about that. We'll keep you updated on the brackets. Big day in the NCAA tournament. You can hear the games on ESPN 690 after our show. Also have Action Sports Shacks OT with Brian and Casey right after us and then lead right into a full night of the NCAA tournament here on the St. Patrick's Day, a Thursday in the middle of March. March Bendis has arrived. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Listen, played against both of those guys. They're extremely great players and, and hard to tackle. And um, I think that's a great challenge because why would you want to go into a situation where it's easy? You know, so um, I think it's going to be fun. And from what I'm hearing about the guys that are around here, I haven't met them just yet, but it seems like we're all already up for the challenge. Fully Fadakasi meeting with the Jacksonville media today, introduced as one of the new players of the Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, maybe in a well I don't know make quiet kind of way the the most important part <laughs> of this free agents class free agent class I think you can make the case and I think wide receiver is a huge need I think tight ends a huge need I think a lot of people want to get that offensive line better Austin Lane, I think you make the huge case that the interior of their line they could use to upgrade, and really their defensive line in general, but their interior maybe more than any other spot on this football team. Yeah, I mean, it, and it, it's kind of ironic because, like, they do, you know, Devon Hamilton's still a younger guy, um, still coming into his own. You know, Malcolm Brown, we didn't really call his name a lot, but it seemed like towards the end he was making progress. But you're absolutely right. Like, they had guys last year that, you know, that I think played within themselves. But they didn't have any guys that were, like, you know, above and beyond. You know, like, that that could, like, be game wreckers, if you will. Um, and I'm not to say that, you know, the guys that they brought in could be sort of game wreckers. Like, you hope that they it's definitely an upgrade. But they do need some game wreckers on that defensive line. You know, they need Josh Allen to, to, to step it up a little bit. They do need another edge rusher. Um, that's apparent. We'll see in the draft, obviously. But, yeah, overall, the defensive line was in need of a retooling, and so far they, they've taken some steps to get that done. Remember last year, too, they did had Roy Roberts and Harris, who, you know, again, those guys, all those guys you mentioned, I don't think they're terrible players. I just don't think they got a lot from them, injuries, inconsistencies. There was a couple-game stretch in there. It was a three- or four-game stretch where I remember talking about this, Austin, especially when Josh Allen was playing pretty well, and it, capped, um, uh, it, it ended with that Buffalo game, that we thought the interior of the defensive line was playing better. 
But that was like a really small sample, man. It was like the Miami game, whatever game after that, and then like into the Buffalo game. And, and outside of that, they did not seem like they did anything of note. And then they really had some lapses down the stretch of the year against the run. So, like, I think Fadakasi could be a major player in this free agent class for them. And some of his numbers, Austin, are, are terrific in terms of run stuffs and pressures. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's why I was a fan when they chose to go that direction, just because if you're good at stopping the run, you have to have an attitude. It's as simple as that. And I think that this defense, you know, since Jalen Ramsey's been gone, is lacking some of that attitude. It's lacking some of those dogs, as a lot of people like to say. I think Fado Kasi, you know, if you look at his grades against the run and what he's capable of, that guy's a dog. You, you have to be. There's, there's no faking it. There's no hiding it in the trenches. Um, either you have it or you don't. Now, yeah, if you're a good pass rusher, sometimes you, you can use a little more finesse and speed and all that stuff. But, but not when you're a nose tackle or, or a three technique. There, there's no hiding it. So I think Fadukasi is definitely going to bring some toughness, um, s- some of that dog mentality that this defense has been lacking. And remember, this defense changed when the Jaguars actually added a couple of big bodies. One, Malik Jackson. He, he, they weren't instantaneously great because of Malik, but he was one of the building blocks early on on that interior of the line. And then in 17, what they did is they traded for Marcel Darius. So then they had two big-time players, and you add into that the addition of Calais Campbell, and he could play both outside and inside. And so they were really strong on the inside. And uh, maybe this will help the Jacksonville Jaguars get strong on the inside once again and uh, hopefully back to some semblance of a, a very strong uh, defense. Hey, take a break from football talk for a moment. Welcome a friend uh, from Jacksonville's best bed and Jamie Shelton has been a big supporter of our, our Dream 18 in the past and wanted to uh, give him a shout-out as well and everybody over at the best bet. Ten-year anniversary uh, coming up for uh, the Jacksonville best bet. Jamie, what's happening, man? Good to uh, hear from you, and, and thanks for t- taking a couple minutes. I know you guys got a big week ahead. Well, Brent, always good talking to you, and thanks for having me on for a few minutes. Yes, we do. Uh, as you mentioned, it's our 10-year anniversary of our facility we built in Arlington uh, back in uh, 2011 and um, uh, 2012 when we finished it. But uh, it's really exciting. I mean, we've, we've enjoyed great success in that area of Jacksonville. Uh, we have a great employee team, a great management team over there. But, but most of all, you know, no business works without, uh, without our customers and our patrons. And we want to take an opportunity to really do something special this weekend. So, I mean, we're giving away hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash. Uh, it actually started today. And then tomorrow we're going to be giving away uh, $100,000, I think, in cash at our table games and through some high-end promotions. And then on Saturday... There's a low buy-in tournament where we're going to put cash into the prize pool, and we're also starting that afternoon $2,000 high hands every hour for about 12 hours, and then we're going to follow it up on Sunday with another 12 hours of $1,000 high hands and some giveaways. So it's just a way of giving back and saying thank you to all of our loyal customers and supporters and vendors and, and everybody, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Jamie Shelton with us from Jacksonville Best Bet, and uh, obviously you got him right over there in Arlington, Monument Road. You know all about it, uh, but a huge weekend underway. And uh, coming off the pandemic, Jamie, how how did you guys deal with that stretch? Um, that would have been, gosh, what, years eight and nine going into year ten. And how is it now uh, with with everything at Best Bet coming off the um, the last couple of years? 
Well, it's, uh, you know, it was like all other businesses. And as you know, they had for a time where everything was on a mandatory shutdown for a minimum of 30 days back in 2020. And we were closed for 66. And um, it was tough. We really didn't know what was going to happen. But we were fortunate being a large venue space, albeit indoors. Uh, when we opened back up Memorial Day of 2020, you know, we had thermal scanners, scanners checking body temperatures when they came in. We were spraying everybody's hands. We were wiping down tables. We were checking temperatures. I mean, we, we were wearing masks. I mean, it was we, no one really knew, and we didn't know how we would be able to open Brent. But we we took we we played less people at each table to separate them apart. We covered up all our foods, all those things we did, and we opened very strongly. And um, and part of that was. I think because people were looking for opportunities and things to do to get out of their houses, to get out of their driveways and away from their um, maybe their spouses or significant others, and um, <laughs> we applied an opportunity for people to come. So many of our players came back, and uh, if Brent Martineau was, you know, come see us a couple of days a week, he brought uh, his colleague with him. Hey, you want to go hang out with me? And what we found as we were able to attract a lot of new, new uh, customers uh, over the past since then, and we're very fortunate. Uh, we've been as, as as busy as we've ever been these uh, past 18 months. How about that? Uh, Jamie Shelton from the Best Bet uh, in Jacksonville, Austin Lane. How many uh, celebrity uh, poker tournaments have you won over there at the Best Bet? Can't say I've won any of them yet, man, but I'm still hoping for that first dub. You know, I, I've been wondering, I think there was a couple years ago where a guy from Jacksonville um, who was tied to the best bet, you know, did something in the World Series of Poker. Yeah. Like, from, from, from that perspective, like, what does that do for you guys? You know, like, if, if you're on what uh, I assume is, like, the, the grandest of all stages on ESPN watching poker and all of a sudden, like, you're, you know, you're, the, the best bet gets shouted out. I mean, does, does that do wonders for you guys? Yeah, let me, let me tell you what it does. And it, it really, the, it was several years ago, we patched a guy along with uh, Phil Ivey Poker that actually won the World Series, the main event. And I forget his name. It's been several years ago. But since then, we've had people to reach the final table to which we sponsored. And I would liken it to a local organization or business um, sponsoring, think of it in these terms. If you were able to patch Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning were to come into your business at the sports area or sports arena or something more around that sports, it'd be a big draw. So when we patch those guys and our players see people out there playing with best bet on it and they win, they come back to our room. I mean, this guy's signing autographs. He's taking pictures. They know these players, a lot of our players, like we know Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and, and sports figures of that thing. So it's, it's kind of a feel-good thing. Does it do anything for us from really a, a monetary growth-type perspective? Not a lot, but it also takes Best Bet's platform and also puts it on a national stage. So when we do have, once a year, we have a national World Poker Tour event, it brings helps bring in people from um, the region and around the country, and it's uh, uh, that's, that's a credit to our poker team and put that in place several years ago. I mean, when, when we talk about patching guys, you know, I mean, I'm not sure like, in terms of the ratings like on ESPN, like what it looks like, but like could we see in the future if it keeps on growing and growing? I mean, would it be like NASCAR where guys are rocking just patches like all in their hats and, and uh, all in their shirts where, you know, companies will pay or, or, you know, depending you guys will pay somebody to rock that patch? I mean, usually you see a patch here, a patch there, but the, will it get to the point where like guys are wearing multiple patches? Absolutely. It, it really, and, and you, it's, it's like that now. If you go back and look at it this past year, now 
the year they, they've been off because of COVID. But the last year that they ran it, I mean, you've got a guy with a hat on. He's got two patches on each side. He's got a patch over each of his breastplate areas. Mm-hmm. He's got a patch on his shoulder. So, yeah, they are patched like NASCAR already. Okay. You look at the felt where they're dealing the cards, you see patches on that. So, yeah, it's getting there. And, and the popularity of poker is has really held, I think, longer than a lot of people felt it would since the moneymaker win back in the day. Uh, but, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an industry that, you know, is always threatened by technology, you think. But at the end of the day, you can play on computers all you like, but it's nothing better than sitting at a table and looking your opponent in the eye and bluffing him or beating him. I mean, there's a lot of social interaction, and that's the, the biggest thing, not from our card room just only, but just society in general. We have to get back to being socially integrated again. This, this notion of working from home and isolation and Zoom, that's just a bunch of crap. And, and I say that, and I'm, like, I'm a PSA right here, but, um, you know, there are times where working from home or doing things is, is good, but we have to get back out, and people have to come back together. And the card room has really provided that for a lot of people that wanted to come back and for those that uh, were just introduced to it. Jamie Shelton from uh, Best Bet in Jacksonville joining us. Here's the deal. Coming up this weekend, celebratory 10-year anniversary, and uh, over $100,000 in cash will be paid out during the weekend. Limited edition $10 commemorative chips will be making their debut tomorrow. They're expected to sell out quickly, by the way. Special no-limit hold'em tournament will happen on Saturday at noon. The tournament has a $140 buy-in with $10,000 added to the prize pool. So uh, it's expected to turn out a bunch of players. Registration is now open for that. So that's what's going on this weekend to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the uh, Best Bet Arlington location. And uh, one last one for you, Jamie, and appreciate coming on. appreciate all you do and help us uh, with our Dream 18 and and other charities in the area as well, too. But... uh, your business has changed a lot, the ebbs and flows of during this 10-year run in Arlington. How different is it from when you opened the doors to now? And what will it look like in another 10 years, I guess? Well, from the past 10 years, the really the most significant change that you've seen was the introduction of the table games that we have to complement our traditional poker products. Beyond that, there really hasn't been a lot of change. There's been a lot of talk of change. There's been hints of change, whether it be electronic devices like slot machines or sports betting. But when it all shook out, the only real change is the table games to complement our poker games. Um, The next 10 years, gosh, Brent, obviously everything is going to the iPad, the iPhone, the betting online, the remote sports betting. That's where everything is heading. Um, and, And will it eventually get there? For certain parts of the gaming industry, absolutely, it's coming. Um, but, you know, there are certain things that you just don't feel comfortable with, and I speak for the majority, not for everyone, playing online. I Like, when you're playing poker and you're being dealt the cards and you're watching the tables in the pot, it's a lot different than playing poker on a server that may be over in a European country or an Asian country or South America, not knowing where it is and not being able to see the shuffler, not really understanding opponents, there's risk there. And I think while online poker has its place, I don't see it as displacing the brick-and-mortar business over the next 10 years. But on the other things, like the sports betting, where you can see the outcome on your TV screen but bet remotely, I think that's where that's going to transition to, and you'll see a, uh, a shift in the platforms for how that gaming is delivered. 
Florida's way behind on the sports betting. Do we get there at some point? You're involved in a lot of different lobbying. You know the industry really well. I mean, I know there's a lot of politics that goes into it. Uh, uh, next five years, next ten years, next two years. I mean, it, is, is it on the horizon yeah. in Florida? Or? Yeah, that, that, that's a good question, man. And, and the short answer is yes. Florida will get there. Um, when I said, and, and I say I, I don't say that often, but when the the um, the notion and the, the ability to allow for sports books or sports betting outside of Nevada um, and in New Jersey came about, I said five years, minimum five years before Florida gets it. But we even thinks about it, and people laughed at me. Well, it's been five years, and we don't have it. Um, the problem is it's it's complicated. It's political. Um, there's a lot of lot of hairs to it. But where it is right now is that it got approved, and you may recall it opened, and you could sports bet in Florida on November the 1st. Um, it yeah. was shut down, don't hold me to this date, probably before Thanksgiving um, because some lawsuits was found, was filed. And right now where it's sitting is in the federal courts, and the federal court is going to decide whether the compact with the tribe and the state of Florida is valid. And if they rule it's valid, then sports betting will commence the next day, I can assure you. If it's ruled invalid, they'll kind of recreate the wheel, and the Florida legislature will take it up uh, either the next the 22 uh, session in, in 23 or the following year. So in a couple of years, uh, I think you're going to see it um, just it'll be running wide open. I appreciate it. Good insight, by the way, especially on uh, on a week where March Madness begins. <laughs> uh, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and I got, Brent, I've got a hot take for you. Two, a couple hot takes. That? Number one is... I'm installing Gonzaga as the favorite to win the NCAA tournament. Big hot take. You know, you, you heard it here first. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Where do you have Tennessee? Where do you have Tennessee? The, the Los Angeles Lakers are not going to win their second title in three years. How's that? <laughs> going to limb. I like it. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, those Tennessee balls are pretty good, though. I tell you that. They, I got them in my final four. So uh, I oh, do have gosh. that. Hey, uh, I, I, <laughs> I was born and raised in Tennessee. I watched good Tennessee football for a lot of years. Never saw basketball, boy. That's that's like betting the that's uh, like betting the pass line on the craps tables. I don't know. I place that bet. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Shelton for the best bet, Jacksonville. Hey, congrats on ten years, man. Good luck going forward. Appreciate you taking a few minutes. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too. Yeah, you bet. That's Jamie Shelton uh, from the best bet, Jacksonville. Obviously, I think uh, everybody's been over there, and we. What do I always say? Not only best bet, Jacksonville. You can go play yourself some poker. And uh, play some cards. Sushi and fries, baby. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Sushi and fries. Good stuff. Off the charts, good. Off the charts, good. As long as that doesn't change in the next 10 years, I'm good. Enough said. But that was pretty good insight, by the way, on the betting, huh? Sports betting. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, and, and obviously you're talking about it opened up for like six weeks, enough to get Calvin Ridley suspended for the no, year. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's coming, right? I mean, the bottom line is it's coming. I mean, think about like... This weekend, if sports betting is available in the state of Florida, yeah, kind of changes the game, huh? Does definitely changes the game. I mean, it's still available, yeah. just not you know. There's just other ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, but I mean, for the the dollars in the state of Florida. No, for sure, know, for sure. Um, absolutely. Yeah, people will find a way, but but here in this. By state, the way, but Boise State making a comeback you know. here, Brent. Oh, good, because I picked them. Yep. Let's uh, get, uh, we'll get mean, an update on the brackets. Kind of comeback, sort of. Okay. It's oh. pretty, hey, it's a game. I'll say that much. No, it is a game. It's a we'll game. Get an update. Let's get an update on the brackets. And by the way, got news out of Cleveland about Baker Mayfield when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.
say uh, you know, thank you to Mr. Khan, uh, Mr. Balky, uh, Coach Peterson, and the Jacksonville Jaguars organization for um, giving me the opportunity to be here. Uh, I'm super excited to get to work, and it just uh, feels great to be, you know, a part of an organization that uh, has shown so much interest in, you know, my potential, my ability uh, to be able to come here and, uh, you know, be a part of this organization. So just want to say that uh, I'm ready to get to work. Sounds like Christian Kirk to me. And would you believe this, Austin Lane, at the start of free agency, that Christian Kirk would get more per year and a bigger deal than Allen Robinson? Yeah, but Allen Robinson might be doing pretty well for himself, though, as well. Well, I know. The deal's in. So yeah. but my, my point being, it's still per year yeah. and bigger deal than Allen Robinson. And so A-Rob gets a three-year, I think, $46 million deal. He's going to the Super Bowl champion, uh, L.A. Rams. And good for him, by the way. He will get a good quarterback to play with. He'll get a good system to play in. He'll get a good football team to be around. I'm happy for A-Rob. Yeah, I mean, it's really an embarrassment of riches now, I feel like, when you talk about the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean, they're almost better on offense than they were last year. Yeah, that's a pretty good set right there. I mean, do, do they are they going to keep – I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., are they going to keep him? Or is this – No, no. I thought, I thought, him? Yeah, I think they're going to move on. I mean, keep in mind, he, he had a pretty bad knee injury. So, um, I think they're all but done with him. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, let's get South Beach Gary on real quick. I think might want to talk uh, a little bit of hoops before we uh, get to the top of the hour. What's happening, man? Hey, guys. First of all, Austin, you were very eloquent the other day about uh, Razor Ramon. Uh, it was a good, good tribute you gave. Oh, I thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, he was. Uh, he obviously meant a lot to the business, so thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Uh, two, two quick things. Brent, uh, I haven't seen anything. Have the Dolphins signed any linemen other than Connor Williams? I don't think so. Uh, they've been very, they've been very pedestrian in free agency, in my opinion. Right, Edmonds and who they had? They had the receiver too. Who they had? Cedric uh, Cedric Wilson. Uh, Wilson, yeah, but not 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 as big a player as I thought they might be. South Beach Gary with all the money they had. Well, they signed a couple of their own. Don't forget too, they resigned Ogba and Gesicki uh, too. So they spent spent some of that money. Keeping their own. Well, and, and they yeah. also brought in uh, Teddy Bridgewater, too. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. uh, the other thing is, guys, and I know you'll be watching Murray State tonight, Austin. And you better I, believe it. What about my Canes, guys? Do they do they have a shot against USC tomorrow? Yeah, I think it's a – you know, here's the deal. I was wrestling with that pick. My problem with the Canes – you know me, I like Laranega a lot. But I, I just don't like the ACC this year, man. The, the second seed in the ACC tournament was Notre Dame, and quite frankly, they're not very good. Like, the ACC isn't very good. It's really weird. But they concern me picking them in this in this tournament. I'm going to say, you know, the, the Canes are good on the road, so you like that. I think USC, though, from what I've been reading, is they're, they're finally starting to get healthy. They've kind of underachieved all year. Now they're getting healthy. So I'm leaning towards the Trojans, unfortunately, South Beach. But hopefully it's just a good game. All right, appreciate it, guys. Yeah. All right, you bet. Uh, speaking of uh, your brackets, let's just uh, we'll give you an update if we can on some of the scores already. Providence won sixty-six fifty-seven. What's the matter? So I, I forget everyone's not watching on the stream. Austin's had enough. Uh, Boise State they were making it a game, quote unquote. They're not covering the four. They're not yeah, winning. Yeah, Memphis moves on. Ain't gonna cover. 
Now, 62-53, 63-53, Memphis is going to win. That was probably a bad pick on my part, but, um, well, it definitely was. I lost it. Tennessee is all over Longwood. No surprise there. I really like Tennessee in this tournament, guys. Iowa's up one on Richmond. I, I figure that's going to come right down to the wire. Uh, Baylor's all over Norfolk State. So there's your update. Uh, Memphis going to beat Boise State. And Michigan won uh, over uh, Colorado State earlier. So uh, put the X marks, put the check marks, and uh, the NCAA tournament is underway. We'll have a full evening of basketball coming up tonight on ESPN 690. When we come back, we're going monster trucking a little bit. Nothing wrong with doing a little monster trucking. Not mad at that. But there's some big stuff coming out of the NFL, too, now. Allen Robinson did just get signed, so good for him. I love that for A-Rob. I really think he's in a good situation. Would have loved to see him come back here, too, quite frankly, but I like where he ends up. Uh, and now this Baker Mayfield thing heats up. Baker Mayfield basically has demanded a trade or requested a trade. Will the Browns do that? There's some talk now from Josina Anderson that uh, the Seattle Seahawks are exploring it and may have interest in Baker Mayfield. How did this get so muddy and ugly so quickly? And is this more on Baker than the Browns? We'll talk more about that when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 here on a Thursday.